Welcome to the Teacher Squad podcast, episode one. I'm Jane Considine. And I'm Heather Wright. Today we're going to be talking about happy teachers. We're going to talk about art, picture books, and we've got a great interview with Adele Darlington. And lesson derailers. And maybe a bit of papier-mâché. Oh yes, well, let's get started. Welcome to our first ever The Teacher Squad podcast. It's our inaugural getting together. I'm so excited. And Heather, it has been another beautiful, if not scorching week in the global teaching neighborhood. How are you doing, babe? I am really good because not only has it been scorching in the global teaching world, we've actually had some scorchier weather for a change. How yes. are you? Yeah, not too bad. Well, I've, I'm trying to be positive. I've had a flood. I've been diagnosed with a UTI. But other than that, honey, I'm great. <laughs> the word is fine. I'm fine. Oh, yeah. oh, sorry. The terribly British fine. Oh, yeah, I'm fine. Sorry. I'm How fine. are you? Back on. <laughs> so every week how are we going to start this amazing teacher squad podcast jane well i've decided and i'm just deciding whether it's a bit toxic not sure you're a little bit more positive than me you know i'm a bit doom and gloom and you've decided not me this is your blinking idea to start in a certain way and i've decided to go along with it for now but what are we going to do heather you tell me I'm loving the way that this is going to be. Like, if it goes really well, you're going to take the glory. And if it goes really bad, it's going to be my fault. That's how we're going to roll. I'm cool with being the positive, shiny, good cop character. I shall wear that hat. So in, in lockdown in our house, uh, and my daughter was struggling a little bit, a bit of anxiety going on. And um, I found out a little bit about uh, the benefits of gratitude for the giver and the receiver. So we have... Um, a new habit in our house that's lasted the three years and every day doesn't matter who you are if you're in our house at that time you have to say two things that you are grateful for and you know when it's our best <laughs> you can have more but you have to do two you have to find the positive it's good for you Jane okay. and it's even more powerful on those days those weeks when it's been a little bit tough yeah. Shall I okay. go first? Yeah, will you please, please, or give me a chance to? No, yes, I'll, I can do this. Go on then, Heather, hit me you up with your. <laughs> You're a sunshiny, happy person. So, my first piece of gratitude this week, I am grateful for some sunshine and a beautiful place to live in to enjoy it. Nice bit of sea swimming yesterday, no wetsuit. Beautiful turquoise sea, rather Ooh. nice. Did have a costume on, not, you know, I'm not that brave. <laughs> <laughs> and my second piece of gratitude, well, it's September um, and I am the Reedy Rocks girl, so it's for new chapters. So my daughter has started secondary school and things are going well. We've had a nice smooth start and um, so I'm grateful for new beginnings and this is new so I'm grateful for this as well and our, our new relationship Jane 
my podcast oh. wife. Oh, oh, that's adorable. I love that. I'm, I'm glad we were married in this sort of over a microphone. I love that. Does, does your daughter like a new teacher? Well, do, do, that's part of the second really. She's got many teachers, but her form tutor is the music teacher. And my oh. daughter's a big fan of musical theatre. Oh. So that's a nice connection. So yeah, yeah that's good. Oh, good. So well, what's your gratitude for then? Well, I am going to put a little prism of optimism down. I cannot think of two. You must be joking. But I can think of one. And it is linked to the sun. And uh, last year, and a little bit of a continuation into the spring, um, I, not by myself, Ian helped out, uh, we planted up our garden and I went to the Malvern show with me mum and my mum's very Catholic and she bought plants that were called things like angel wings and made me buy them as well to bless the garden. And um, anyway, we were there, we met Jules Hudson, who, you know, was he does like some daytime programme, you know, at the Malvern show. And I called him Joel the whole time. But I mention all of that because my garden has suddenly gone full thrust, big throttle. I don't know if you know the uh, poem by uh, Jean Sprotland, but she talks about, uh, you know, everything's thrown on max and there's cherry bling and you can hear the noise of pollen. So I've been, uh, I've had a lot of spuming and thrusting uh, in my garden, a big load of riot of colour. Disappointed by the lilies, they were a bit like, came and went very, very quickly. But other than that, it's just been gorge with loads of bees and butterflies. So, yeah, very grateful. Very oh, grateful. nice. Yeah. I, I learned a new word this week about bees, and, and I've forgotten what it is. I'm going to have to remember for next time. And it's about being around bees and the benefits of them. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Is it Do like you know what I therapy want? or something? I'm going to have to look. Happy therapy? Ooh. Might just have a double check. I've got my, I've got some money invested, like it's something like £7.50, you know, one of these upstarts to get a, a beehive in the garden where you turn a tap and uh, you don't have to kind of get all, deconstruct it and kind of at the risk of getting stung and you can pour out honey and just that idea of kind of honey on tap. Um, yeah, so that might, that might pull off. Yeah, exciting. That might be nice. And I hear the best honey is those bees that are fed on heather, heather. Oh, you, yeah. Oh, you are. <laughs> I like this positivity, self love. We're just going to watch you in case you get a bit too toxic. You know what you're like. <laughs> <laughs> never, never. <laughs> Let's move on then yes. to our next. Ooh. Feature this one, yeah. Yes. Again, if it goes well, um, you're it gonna take stay. the glory. If, it's, <laughs> goes, if it goes badly, I'm gonna blame you because this one's yours. So, we're gonna go for a sentence of the week, yes. So, Jane, yes. what is your sentence of the week? 
Okay. Uh, well, I, you know, some people can sum it up in a sentence, some people can't, but this is the sum up of what I want to talk about today. And uh, it's been all over the educational news and uh, particularly in the UK uh, and further afield as well. And people are talking about this. And it's something we've known deep down in our loins, in our waters as teachers for a long time, but we've not really had the science to prove it. But now now we have, and it's this, um, happier teachers are better teachers, and also better teachers are happier teachers. And uh, Science Direct did the study, and they are basically saying that, you know, when relationships are going well, not just within our school or within our class, but our own sort of personal relationships are going well, then it all sort of interfeeds into how we are coping as a teacher, how we excel as a teacher. And, um, you know, when we're angry or anxious, um, it can really affect our teaching quality. Uh, and when we're enjoying it, that can also affect our teaching quality. And um, I remember years ago, somebody said to me, you know, well, what is the heart of the matter we're teaching? And I can remember saying, well, it's kind of, it's a split of kind of 40% and 60%, uh, 60% relationships and uh, 40% sort of our strong alcoholics, you know, 40% vodka. <laughs> but... <laughs> But it's, it's about people, isn't it? And that's why I think we get a lot of burnout, you know, because it's all about people. And um, I think it's really interesting when you tap in further into kind of the emotional well-being of teachers um, and a study prior to the Science Direct study about what supports adults the most in schools who are working with children, it's actually trust. They, they, they want to feel like they can be trusted and that others trust their professional decisions and, you know, you're trusted by your superiors. Um, and that's, that's kind of also a bit of alarm bells because 60,000 teachers were uh, asked, I mean, I know this is a bit pre-COVID, I'm not really sure how this would stand up kind of post-COVID, uh, but, you know, 20% of primary school teachers or elementary school teachers you know, aren't happy. They're really unhappy. And 22% of secondary school teachers, like they're like 2% more unhappy than the primary school teachers. And then that made me think a little bit further and dig a bit deeper. So, you know, who are the happiest professions? Who are they? And um, Heather, do you know who, well, let me tell you, teaching is not in the top 10. It's not in the top 10. But uh, at number six, take a stab in the dark. What do you reckon? The six. Number, number six, um, <laughs> yeah. the happiest profession, clowns. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, no, let me have another go. Let me have no, another go. Clowns. CBB's presenters. Yeah, I just, yeah, I bet they are quite happy. Um, have you seen the new EE advert? That sad clown in the new EE advert, he is a local hero where I live in Northamptonshire. Uh, so if you want anything signed by the new sad clown in the EE advert, oh, uh, yeah. But no, accountants. And I'm like, what? Like the number crunching, you know, out there. That they're, they're 
they are number crunchingly ecstatic. <laughs> Spreadsheet. Um, so, you know, it's, we've got to think about, um, you know, how we become happier uh, and Actually, what we need our schools to be about is positive relationships. And, uh, gee, that can be hard. I mean, you and I have worked in schools where you can feel the professional love and the kindness. Um, and then some schools, oh, it can be, you can get it so wrong. It can go so wrong, can't it? Um, yeah. And then, like, conflict can happen really easily. And I don't know how easy I am to work with, actually, Heather, because I can be a bit of a catastrophizer and I use a lot of profanities. You might have heard that about me and I can get very emotional. Do you? And, <laughs> and name call. I'm not very You're doing good. really well so far, Jane. <laughs> actually, I think we're all right. We've got a PG certificate, so I can say actually more words than you know. <laughs> <laughs> I can say crap, Heather, and it's okay. Just because you, you can doesn't mean you should. True, true. I will reflect. <laughs> but yeah, so we, teachers. Yeah, we need to yeah, we need to be open and honest. And you know, like if you're driving to work at the moment, sometimes if you're feeling a bit fed up and 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 sad about where you work, it, it's to do about the quality of the relationships, isn't it? And then the other thing I think that goes a bit wayward in schools sometimes probably because people are busy it's like achievements like you can you can work on a project for the school and um like a thank you sometimes comes too late or it's not genuine and you know I did like the cakes in the staff room but was it timely enough and and, and thank yous people really want them to be detailed and I think that's really fascinating about humanness. You know, we don't just go, yeah, you know, th thanks for doing that. It's like, yeah, but do you know how much bloody hard work that was? What are you actually thanking me for? Do you have any concept about, because workload, workload is the biggest reason that this job can get a bit much. Um, and then, of course, the other thing is fairness. All these things make us happier. Um, I mean, I don't want to get too down in the dumps but last year 31% of teachers uh, suffered from a mental health issue related to work and 76% of us you know develop behavioral or psychological problems because of the stress of work so we've got to find ways because the happier we are the better we're going to be in the classroom. Yeah, God. It's a, it's a bit, of, bit of a big subject, that, Heather. I don't know. What it's are you a thinking? huge subject. I mean, whose responsibility is it for the happiness of teachers? I mean, is it how much of that is SLT? How much of that is just the teachers themselves? How do we, how do we navigate that and how do we find those concrete things that we can do? We can you know put in place it's not there's no there's no magic wand really is there I think it's about awareness and giving time to reflect yeah. but even just time to notice like you said if, if thank yous or kind of things come too late it's because people are just so blinkered and they're yeah. so in it and they're not looking up 
And actually, we're not necessarily as efficient as we should be when we don't give ourselves time to breathe, yeah. to look around, to notice, yeah. Yeah. to speak to each other. Yeah, I, I mean, I, uh, obviously, I'm not going to name any names, but um, I was uh, training in a school on Friday and there was a teacher who ha- was crying uh, quietly to her friend who was stroking her back and comforting her. And I just thought, you know, the last thing you want to do when you're that upset is for anybody to notice. So of course I didn't notice, but she got upset again. And then I actually just said to her a quiet moment, kind of very discreet, you know, that she could go home. She goes, no, I feel much better here. I want to stay here. I think I'll be worse if I go. And that's just like that sort of, as you say, looking out, looking trying to notice um and it's being aware of those times isn't it because actually that first going back not just for the children with six weeks of of a very different routine or no you know no routine yeah and then to come back it can be a real peak of anxiety and overwhelm yeah and how well you know yourself some people might think do you know what I know that I find that first day really overwhelming but I know I've got those people I can go to I know I will get over that I've just got to get the ball rolling but maybe you know some of them might not necessarily have that self-awareness or the capacity to get over that first hill yeah I agree I mean my when the first day I went back this term um I did it on you know four and a half hours sleep and a couple of Red Bulls, which was made me like amazingly excited for the first hour. But when the Red Bulls wore off, I didn't have any words. My brain wasn't working. So yeah, it is, it is tough, but you know, we're not going to get through teaching without friends, you know, end of, and there's two types of friends, I think in teaching kind of your real shut your stock cupboard door, effing Jeffy and rage friends, offload real honest friends. And then, but I think there is this sort of professional friends culture that needs to happen in the school as well. Uh, And that, you know, needs to uh, work. And we've all worked in schools where that goes well, you know. Yeah, I think it would be good if, Ian, hopefully you can do this in the show notes, if we can put some places that people who maybe are struggling can get some advice. I know there are some teacher um, mental health support groups, aren't there? That um, yeah, and, then, and if anybody wants to shout out to us and tell us how they stay a happy teacher, what makes them happy and worthwhile in their job, it'd be great to find that out, wouldn't it, Jane? How can oh, they absolutely. tell you? Where can they find you? Well, I I'm kind of everywhere, Heather. If you want to know the truth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, There is a Teacher Squad page on Facebook. Uh, We love uh, comments. We, you know, if you want something for the podcast, just let us know. I mean, we're quite interested in kind of voices from the chalk face. Uh, I'm on Insta at Jane Constein Education. Um, I'm on X. I'm on X uh, as Jane Constein. Let's just call it Twitter. It is Twitter. (laughs) I refuse right. to call it X, Jane. You've got to move on. You've got to move on with the times. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm everywhere. Um, and, like, down the line, we might get a bit swanky and get, like, a, a podcast email. But, yeah, I'm quite interested in, like, the notes. Like, you want to tell us something, just 
record a note and hit us up um so yeah we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll sort that out yeah yeah for now you can drop us dms on our instagram either jane's or mine's uh, reading rocks um if you're instagrammer or facebook or twitter it'd be lovely to hear from people yeah. you know in that moment when you think oh Heather and Jane would like to know about this. Oh, yeah, we <laughs> take, would. Take the phone in the cupboard and F and Jeff to us if you need to. We'll be there for you. Yeah, but you can only say crap and bloody, just oh, yeah, so you know it, the, the PG. PG. <laughs> if you need the list, Jane's got it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I might have to declare the list. Um, I'll tell you what, though, training this week, we had a wasp. Talk about <gasps> derailing the whole affair. And it did make me think, actually, is it a, a wasp? A, a wasp can dis- derail any teaching and learning exchange, can't it? I wouldn't mind knowing the other top derailers that are happening out there for people. Because uh, I always remember being in NQT and uh, vomit. That were it. Forget it. I'm not doing vomit. I can't cope. I'm very squeamish. Uh, luckily, I had a Mrs. Gibbs. She can do vomit. So, thank Amazing. <laughs> Everybody needs a Mrs. Gibbs to deal with vomit. No, vomit. No, 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 no. Oh. Right. Your sentence, Heather. Can you sum up your sentence? Can well, you? I, I like the way you said sum up because I'm surrounded I'm a very kind of scatty ideas and scribble, so I'm literally surrounded by pieces of paper. But I have summed it up. Hopefully cool. I will be able to unpack and articulate it for you as well. But here's my sentence this week, spot the alliteration. Pictures are pathways to pages. There you go. What do you think about that, Jane? <laughs> I love that. I love that. I'm going to start with a negative, though. I'm sure you've seen this week the um, latest research from the National Literacy Trust. 56.6% of our kids or the children that were surveyed are not enjoying reading in Mm. their free time. And so many of the social media posts around this have used the word crisis. And it is. It is. I mean, we know the power of reading for pleasure. Um, we don't even need to go into that and shout about research. I think everybody who's listening uh, will know about the powers of that. And if we can use any ways to get our pupils, our children reading, then we need to be talking about them and using them. And I think sometimes pictures are maybe the neglected side. Not everybody will use the power of pictures to get children into pages or they're kind of there's maybe an element of snobbery um when I was reading lead I like to have uh, my zero snobbery approach I think we've just got to get them on that pathway get them into the pages and then we can take them to the hierarchies of of beautiful literature but we've got to get them there first haven't we so pictures for me are, are twofold let me unpack it kind of keeping kids drawing themselves what can we do about that? And then how are we how are we using pictures, either them drawing them or those in in books in texts, um, to to get them to be re- to be creators, uh, you know, th- themselves, not just consumers. So I'm pretty sure that you are familiar with the amazing Rob Biddulph. 
Um, you're familiar with him, Jay? Oh, I love him. I love him. Uh, it is um, Christmas. It's not called Christmas Dog, is it? Is it? I think it is. Don't know. Our I just dog love him. Yeah, Christmas. Yes. Our, yeah. Our, our dog out is like literally my favourite picture book ever. Yeah. And yeah, but I wanted to talk about the the hashtag draw with Rob. Yes. Uh, thing that happened in COVID and how powerful was that and still is you know getting to kids to actually believe that they could draw he took them step by step and the the artwork that was being produced absolutely phenomenal and seeing the confidence that was built in children so I just think that's brilliant um that children can can learn to do that we were over the holidays we were where were we um uh, Flamberis in North mm-hmm. Wales um, the weather was terrible, but never mind. Um, <laughs> we were staying in a nice uh, kind of glamping pod thing. Um, and on the ground next to it, there was this piece of slate. And my daughter went, look, look, it's a draw with Rob. And there somebody had used a, a slate. Um, oh, wow. And, and there was a draw with Rob. And I was just like, oh, my goodness, it's everywhere. It's it's rippled through. But keeping kids drawing as a way to be creative will lead them on in their in their writing and their creativity do you like to draw jane i literally cannot survive without drawing i'm a doodler i'm a drawer i like to capture my thinking as images as visuals um i am constantly drawing i actually now can't think without a pen in my hand and it is a combination of draw write keywords yeah absolutely and just looping back to what you said about the uh, national literacy trust crisis about reading um i just wanted to say that yes it's about reading for pleasure but there's this other aspect that we need to do with reading of course which is like uh helping children to kind of read in a deep way you know it's it's kind of depth in reading and kind of building reading commitment and Yes, it's a crisis, but I thought it was just utterly depressing that um, it was the lowest uh, percentage ever. Um, And the other thing is that the group that were was most disinterested was our free school meal pupils. And those were the children who the data had dropped even further. And that sort of hardening and widening you know, of, um, you know, that engagement with reading and um, it kind of the very group that we want to make sure that they can read. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. What you said there about kind of deep understanding, that was something else that I wanted to tell. I've got like a little clutch box to help me kind of share a few other little things. You do um, know we're not we're not visual. We're, we're a podcast, Heather. Are you showing no, me? Yeah, me? Well, I, it, help, it helps me think. It helps Go me then, think. Go on, do it. Being visual helps me think. So <laughs> this... This um, young graphic novel was in one of our recent uh, subscription boxes and I um, interviewed Paige. She's over in the States. But just just going through it before interviewing and thinking about all the questions just reminded me, even in a, a kind of comic text, I want to scrap that I even said, in a comic text, 
But what's it called, Heather? You're showing me, but for the people who are listening, what the hell is that called? Oh, sorry. I didn't even say what it was called. I'll get better at this, I promise. So it's Peanut Butter and Crackers, Puppy Problems by Paige Braddock, and she writes and illustrates. Um, She does have, I think it tells you in the back, a colorist, which I think is an amazing job. Somebody who just picks the colors and colors in. How cool is that? Yeah. Anyway, aside... All picking the pictures and just going, do you know what? The depth of inference that we can get from there is just incredible. And this is kind of like an urge and a shout out to just say, make sure you're using these kind of things in the classroom and kind of visual literacy, understanding uh, kind of emotions. It really is a powerful tool for developing children's uh, self-understanding and for empathy as well. Jane, I can feel myself getting excited and passionate. <laughs> <laughs> well, you best calm down, young lady. We'll have none of that. I shall calm down and I'm... lift up the next book. You're not going to stop me. I'm, 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 I'm on my high horse now. I'm ready. <laughs> so you tell people what the bloody book's called, love. I will this time. I will. I'll go quickly. <laughs> so the next book I'm holding up is by Katie Kirby, and it's from the Lottie Brooks series. Now, this is a series that my daughter is currently flying through at the moment. And it's kind of one of those diary books, but it's got loads of kind of doodly um, illustrations in it. And it just helps kids find their flow through reading. So books like this, let's make sure that we're putting them in front of children who need to just find their series or find their way into a slightly longer text. Uh, the Loki series by Louis Style. I'm not holding it up. I've brought that one in. Just oh, popped what a letdown. What a letdown. But I'll <laughs> tell you a story about Louis. She came down to Cornwall uh, back end of summer term and took around some schools to do some author events. She's brilliant. So if you've got money in your budget to get her in for an author event, if she's got any diary space, absolutely awesome. But one of the things she does is she asks, so Loki, the character, is very mischievous. Yeah. And in the book, she draws him, and yeah. it's in that kind of, bit more than a stick man style, but you know, that kind of doodly thing. Yeah. Um, and she says, what's Loki going to be doing? And this hall full of engaged children are going, make him shove someone's head down the toilet, make him <laughs> eat crisps, all kinds of, and she's drawing them. And the engagement yeah. in creating this picture yeah. is incredible i live a i live a great life jane i'm also going to tell you about friday i was in primary school with brilliant author ross montgomery oh love him absolute masterclass in author visits again if you can book him do so but he was doing his picture book um 10 delicious teachers with the key stage one children and they were given the opportunity to create their own monster, teacher goblin monster. I mean, which kid wouldn't want to do that? Yeah. And just the free flow of being able to come up with a drawing. Oh, it was, it was, it's magical. And some of the ideas that they came up with was really, really great. Can I share one more book? I'll let you. I'll let you. I'll we do love a good book. <laughs> and I'm, I will remember. So, I said my sentence was a pictures of pathways to pages and 
this one really is a special one. If people haven't come across this, they really need to get themselves a copy. So it's written and illustrated by Ed Veer, and it is called The Artist. And it is about what does it mean to be an artist? And if you want to find out a bit more about Ed Veer, I've listened to... Um, Frank Codrell Boyce and Nadia Shireen's podcast, uh, The Island of Brilliance, which is which is brilliant. Yeah. And they interviewed Ed and were talking about this and how, you know, he works on the power of pictures and stuff like that. But about an artist is someone who takes the time to look at the world and reflect mm. on it. And I just thought that was really powerful about the empathy and kind of the, the art of noticing, which we talked about in being a happy teacher and, and reflecting as well. Mm. So, and there's also an article. Let me see where. Oh, on the Big Draw website, there's a beautiful um, interview with Ed where it unpacks that a little bit more and kind of the power of kind of illustrations and pictures um, with children. Um, Oh, it's good fun having a good old passionate chat, isn't it? Yeah. I'll tell you what, there's loads of things that struck me when you were chin wagging there, but um it, it, and, and touching on it there with that final book called The Artist, uh, and then sort of how an artist kind of can amplify things in the world. And I often think that is like the, the bigger job of a teacher. It's it's your whole day is a kind of a necklace of noticings, you know, of how how the kids are getting on and that kind of trying to respond in real time the other thing this job of a colorist isn't that just a you know not as posh name for going to work for farrow and ball you know what i mean mole's breath and all of that jazz it's one of them isn't it <laughs> is it a job you fancy jay <laughs> i don't mind that uh, the other thing i thought was interesting on the school visit when they had to come up with punishments your second punishments was make them eat crisps I mean, well, it, it was, wasn't punishment. It was just a mischievous. I, 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 I couldn't think of anything. Well, the kids were way better at thinking of stuff. They were way better at thinking of things. All right, Can I just recommend Go on. some picture books? This is what you're going to do. Can I talk about another book, Jane? Can I talk about another book, Jane? Right, we're going to put, I have to put a limit on this. Don't know if I can tolerate all these blinking book references. I'm you joking. <laughs> Right, Just one more, people, one people, more and these, no more. These books have been around for a while, so I'm sure some people will be familiar with them, but they're kind of favourites for me. For the key stage two, if you've never used picture books in upper school before, please check out yeah. by Sean Tan and Gary Crew, the viewer. Please yes. tell me if you've come a yes. beautiful, amazing book. Yes. And the memorial, a digital yes. memorial as well. Yes. Love that. Yeah. And... If you're brave enough to go totally pictureless, yeah. the David Wisner books Tuesday. People yeah. have to look these up if they've not come across them. Well, I think if you've been teaching as long as we have, Heather, we'll definitely know them. But there are ECTs and NQTs, do you know what I mean? And actually, sometimes, even as old duffers, we forget what we know. Like you say that and it's just like, oh, yeah, I do know that. I do love that. I haven't used yeah. it for a few years. So, yeah, really good shout. Uh, on the question of punishment, if I was going to have to eat crisps as a punishment. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to notice this thread in the podcast. If there's some kind of negative punishment, bad, then it's over to you. Positivity and optimism. 
Come to me. It's called Ying and Yang. Yeah, it's going to be the ready salted walkers. They are really rubbish and a bit greasy. They weren't in the old days, but they're now a bit greasy. I don't want them shoved down my throat anyway. Right. <laughs> Heather, do like this, this crazy new world for us podcast world. Do we have any guests? Oh, we do have some awesome guests. I'm I'm so excited about our lineup of guests for the next few weeks. But we're starting with an amazing one. Who have yeah. we got? Well, uh, we have got Mrs. Darlington. Do we have to call her Mrs. Darlington? It sounds oh, very formal. And I don't official. Know how official we need to be. Yeah. Adele. I think her that's Adele Adele Darlington. Before we bring Adele in, um, I'm going to ask Mr. C. Mr. C is here with me. Uh he is our um yeah, it's been called this. So just for just for a laugh, as it's our wedding anniversary. Uh I'm gonna call Happy him anniversary. The- <laughs> I'm going to call in our technical support person. Uh, but Ian's a teacher. Ian has been keeping his eye on the news from around the world. Uh, around the world, Mr. C, can you hit us up with some interesting stories that you've spotted around and about? Jay, thank you. I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> you've stolen most of my stories. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, particularly, just like to say well done for bringing such a, a ray of light into everybody's life in this podcast with your stories of wonderment and delight. I'm sure everybody's going to be absolutely ecstatic after listening to this. Hopefully. Thank God Heather's in, that's all I'm saying. So, yeah, so part of my role in this uh, thing, <clears throat> apart from tech support, is to give a weekly roundup of the news. Uh I did actually have some really good stories, but I've just heard Jane and Heather talking about them for the last half an hour. So I'm going to pull in a couple of other stories that are the week in education news. That's, that's the jingle. Is that a good jingle? Right, okay. So the first one is that we've got a new, in the UK, there's a new um, Ofsted boss, and that's a, a chap called Sir Martin Oliver. Now, Sir Martin Oliver has been... Uh, he's been head of an academy, and apparently uh, he's taken a pay cut to uh, head up Ofsted. So that's that's obviously going to be something that develops quite a lot over the next sort of few months. And you know, let's hope he's he's uh, you know he can. I'm not giving any opinions about things, but let's hope he can start to you know address some of the issues that we have, uh, are facing. Um, the other story that I'm, uh, I've been looking at this week is, to be fair, I've been looking at it for the last 20 minutes since these two stole my stories. But there is another one. Did you know, I and mean, this isn't, I feel like I'm Jane now, because most schools in this country now, well, not most, there's a large amount of schools that are having to hand out clothes and food to children as an impact of the cost of living crisis. Um, not only has it increased the number of children that are needing that support, but also it's um, it's the level of need that has, has massively um, intensified. So yeah, not not really uh, good news in in any sort of stretch of the imagination. Um, it is it, this is a, an ongoing crisis that's affecting so many people, um, and and 
listeners to this will, will have their own stories about it. Um, and, and as well, on top of that, to, to add a little bit of extra, you know, um, again, I'm trying to give these stories without opinion, but there's been a, 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 a The Guardian reported as a covert deal to cut health for send pupils in the country. So there's apparently been a, a, a target to decrease, uh, so somebody's been contracted to decrease the budgets by 20%. So um, again, this is probably something that's gonna develop. It's just, that news has just come out today actually. This is probably something that's gonna develop. Uh, it's part of the agenda where councils have to uh, begin to deal with some of their huge issues that they've got as far as funding's concerned. So, that was the inaugural news of the week in the education world. But next week, Jane and Heather, I'll speak to you about what you are going to be uh, discussing in your bits before I let you start nicking all my news stories. And hopefully we'll have some good news next week. The, the, the heat wave is going to end. That's what I do know. Well, I'll put it back to you guys. Thank you, Ian. Um, but actually, some of those themes that you've been talking about there, um, I always remember uh, working with you, Heather, on a Reading Rocks day, and uh, you read a very moving picture book um, about uh, it, it being a no money day. Uh, you remember that story. And there's lots of things that we can uh, do as teachers to show that we are, or even I'm just thinking of the book out loud here, uh, The Invisible by Tom Percival, where yeah, uh, there book. are a great book. Uh, you know, through books, we can begin to support and address, um, you know, pupils who have challenges um, in that regard. Right. I definitely think it's time for Mrs. Darlington. Um, I'm so excited about speaking to her. And actually, in light of some of your excitement and some of your themed art books, Heather, it's going to be really interesting to chat to her. She is an art advisor. She helps teachers bring the art curriculum to life. Uh, so without further ado, I'd love to welcome Adele to the Teachers Podcast. Welcome, Mrs. Darlington. Mrs. Darlington, we're so delighted to have you here. We know that you love art and you make the art curriculum come to life for teachers, but we're going to call you Adele. Um, it's lovely to have you here. I hear you're at a party. I am at a party, but thank you very much for inviting me to your party. <laughs> oh, Yay! it is a party. Me and Heather have just got married. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Podcast wives. <laughs> oh, that's so and lovely. And they live happily ever after. So cute. Not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can cope with her toxic positivity, Adele. Um, but that's the toxic. <laughs> <laughs> right, Adele, I, I know you've had lots of nibbles, but in terms of staff room nibbles, are you kind of a Jaffa cake or a, a chocolate hobnob kind of a teacher? Definitely a chocolate hobnob. But I'm quite partial to a custard cream as well. No to the bourbon, a bit of a biscuit connoisseur. No bourbons, but custard creams or chocolate hobnobs. I'm there. 
I agree with you so much. Chocolate bourbons are rubbish. They're just like crumbly cardboard. No, you're both wrong. You're both oh. wrong. If I'm going to have chocolate, I want proper chocolate, not yeah. pen. I hear you. I feel that. Uh, right, Adele, uh, in terms of like, I'm just going to put a class of kids in front of you now. You've got 30 kids. Uh, they're a little bit wild around the edges. They're year five. Are you going to go for batik or papier-mâché? Papier-mâché. Definitely papier-mâché. Because? Uh, I've got some fun memories of papier-mâché. When I first started teaching, I was teaching year one and decided to make some papier-mâché piggy banks with them. And the instructions, because when you know when you start teaching, you follow the instructions, don't you, said to Vaseline balloons. So the children all had a balloon each and they were Vaseline the balloons before papier-mâché. And then you can imagine there were 30 balloons flying around the classroom because they were very slippery. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you my paper mache story, please? Oh, you Podcast don't you do papier. Way. Don't you do papier? Don't you do a bit papier, of French? Papier, mache. <laughs> oui, oui. Well, let me take you to my year five classroom. I can't remember what we were making. Some kind of helmets, whether they were Vikings or something. But again, loads of balloons in the classroom. Don't think we went down the Vaseline route. But there was one particular kid and it was just just a bit too thin and he needed to put some extra layers on. And I'm walking around the classroom and going, moron, moron. <laughs> I didn't mean to call him a moron. Sorry, sorry, year oh. five pupil, who's probably like nearly 20 now or something. <laughs> oh, man, art. I mean, some teachers can and some teachers can't. Uh, how, how do you help, Adele, those teachers who would like – oh, it's not for me. I can't really do an art lesson. How, how do you help build their confidence? What sort of things do you do to support people? I, I think one of the really big things with art, children, aren't we, that you can do it. So for, for teachers to be saying they can't do it, you just have to keep saying you can. And, and I try to encourage the teachers to learn with the children and to work with the children and will teach themselves at the same time as teaching the children and modelling and practising. And, yeah, in my school, the teachers are quite lucky because I film the video, so they actually have me teaching the children so they, they can learn alongside them. But, yeah, just just try try not to lack the confidence and just have a go. Right, can I just That's rewind back? idea, so use the expert yeah. in your school to have them do the modelling and oh. then them, them follow. Oh, that's that's a great idea. Yeah, and then do you ever turn the cameras on the teachers to see if they've done the clay pot properly or is it just all supposed to be supportive and nice? I'm supposed to be nice. I go around and have a little look at what classrooms, but, yeah, I am very, I'm very supportive. Oh. I'm a nice teacher. Yeah. Oh, and we're saying, Jane, your pot's very um, interesting. Well done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good girl. Oh. So proud of you. Yeah. We don't want everyone to look. What's important, Jane, is you tried. Yeah, thanks, honey. <laughs> Sorry, Adele. <laughs> so, Adele, do you actually engage in art yourself, um, you know, outside of the classroom? Is that something that you like to do, um, be an artist yourself? I dabble a little bit. I mean, I, I studied art at school, but I was at a school where they favoured the academic subjects, so I kind of had it 
pushed out on me, I, I so, so to speak, when I was younger. But I kind of have a full circle now. I do do a little bit of art at home, but I love going to galleries. I love art. My sister's an artist, a very good artist. So I still am um, very much involved in the art world, so to speak. I love that. And are you are you doing sculpture or painting or sketching? What what is your little your art vibe? I like to do a little bit of sketching. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And how important is it like your pencil types? That's very important. I do encourage schools to use the the proper um sort of sketching pencils because you get such a different result and it's they're so different for the children to use. What's mm. your favorite one? Is it a HB? Of <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't have a favourite pencil. No. Oh well, I, I, I like know. a four B. I Do like you? a four yeah. B. I like a two nice B, babe. <laughs> <laughs> Heather, I think you've got better questions than me. Please ask some sensible questions. Oh, in typical style, I've got paper all of, all around me, and. Um, Thanks to Bloomsbury, who sent us some copies of your book, 100 Ideas for Primary Teachers Art. This is a bit exciting. Yeah, you've got your copy. Hey, look at that trio of books. Amazing. Uh, I like the fact that it's dip in, dip out to support those teachers who maybe um, are a bit unsure. Um, in one of them, um, you mentioned uh, your dad, which is nice, and talked about being, being an art role model. Um, how how can we be art role models in the in the classroom? How can we encourage that? And how important is that? Do you think? Uh, I am very enthusiastic about art in my classroom, and I think enthusiasm breeds enthusiasm, doesn't it? So all the children that I have in my class tend to to, to just love art. I think because they know I love art, they love a leopard print as well. Because I'm quite partial to a bit of leopard print as well, but and books. So yeah, the three main main things that are very important. The kids in my class like too. Um, but yeah, I think just just being enthusiastic and just showing a love for something and, and speaking passionately about something, I think just the children pick up on that and they get excited too. But yeah, my dad, my lovely dad, he used to always play sort of arty games with us when me and my sister were younger. So I've mentioned him in my book and I mentioned my sister as well because obviously she, she like me, was on the receiving end of my dad's sort of arty games and magic tricks. He was good at magic tricks. I'm not doing 100 magic tricks for teachers, don't worry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> dad, oh, what's your dad's wife? name? Adele. Nick. Oh, Nick. yeah. And he's, he's very good at art as well. So, yeah. Mm. No, that's Although, great. Are there any other art role models that we could think about bringing into the classroom? Maybe, maybe in the community. Obviously, you know, there's kind of illustrators, uh, for, you know, from the publishing world. We, uh, I, I often join those virtual. I think is it Penguin and Scholastic. They do a lot of um, free webinars and, and virtual visits that you can join with your class. So I do tend to do that with my children. We've um, we've joined one that Dapo Adiola did. We've joined Nadia Shireen did one as well. And the children love. You know, it's just bringing the illustrators to life as much as the authors in the picture book world. But also, we've got a very lovely gallery in the town where my school is. So we're quite. We link with them quite a lot. So I take my children down to the gallery so they get to sort of experience a gallery space and, and talk to the people that work there, which is really nice as well. Mm. Yeah, that's great. And for some children, they might never go to that kind mm. of environment unless school takes them and kind of opening up doors and aspirations for them there. That's brilliant. I noticed on your socials that you had been doing some 
were they self-portraits with your class as a kind of get-to-know-you idea? How can you? How can some of our teachers listening uh, use art in September? You know, in September stride, get those pupils going. Uh, I think. Well, I mean, I teach UIFS, so doing those self-portraits portraits is really nice for me because I, I sat with the children one at a time so we had sort of little chats about about themselves and they we had mirrors so they were looking in mirrors pulling funny faces you know pulling sad faces happy faces so it's quite a nice getting to know you experience for my children it's very interesting though when you when you start out with EYFS because they're drawing their portrait and they don't draw their right eye with their right hand some of them and their left eye with their left hand you know it's just one of those things when you're watching the children work and you really get to to find things out about them and I think I can hear a walk. So I will try not to. Um... Oh, the party. The wasp. <laughs> oh, the wasp. I knew it was. You talked about derail. the wasp before? Yeah. <laughs> I've been thinking about, we said that a wasp will derail absolutely anything. It will derail a CPD event, a classroom, a teaching yeah. and learning uh, experience, a podcast, uh, but also wind, I think. So, you know, yeah. count your blessings. It's just a wasp. You know, nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. are you gonna be okay locked in with that wasp Adele? I was just saying I've had a deer join a PE lesson before oh, deer? That. Deer, yeah. <laughs> and I had a bird in the classroom in the summer term that oh. we had to catch with one of the ghost dressing up costumes that happened to be in the classroom and we managed to get it out, but you know, that caused a little bit of chaos. Yeah, what just a tad. Just a tad. <laughs> I think I can't I think I can't it was a blackbird. It was very dangerous. It kept flying into the wall. It was quite traumatic. Yeah. The symbol yeah, of death. I, I, yes. Quite having, traumatic. Having a bird in the house is very traumatic because they're traumatised, aren't they? Wow, yeah. we've really digressed here. Can I bring yeah. it back? Yeah. Is it only if you're going to uh, make a link between the ghost shroud that captured the symbol of death in a classroom. I mean, I don't know how we're getting bits Salvador Dali in our art references here, but oh. yeah, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I can't do that. I was going to ask about your pet hates. So in terms of art in the classroom, what really makes you feel ah, why are they doing that? Or, you know, what, what do schools do? What do teachers do in art that you think, no, just it's a no for me? Yeah, I think the big thing really is that we want children to be in lines of, I call it colour by numbers, you know, when the, every child's piece of work looks exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, I prefer to see a little bit of creativity from the children and, and that's sort of allowing them to be a bit freer and, and putting their own stamp on things. Mm. How do we how do we get to that point then? Because it's good practice, isn't it, to kind of imitate from the masters. I noticed yeah. that one of one of the ideas was about kind of not not having outcomes for every art lesson and understanding that at some point we've got to teach them skills. Is that the way that we we open the the door to the creativeness? For their innovation the processes uh, the, the, um, giving them the chance to practice and also I think teachers often have used that sort of approach because it's safe and they're scared of getting things wrong and they they feel like art lessons you have to have something that's wall worthy at the end whereas not every art lesson has to come to uh, finish with an outcome that's worthy of the wall um, so yeah I think it's teacher confidence and just letting the children be free just feeling brave and and just having a go 
Yeah. Do you have a favourite kind of activity lesson? Did you have a favourite in there, Jane? Yeah, I did. I thought I thought there were some great ones, but my favourite is on page 79, shapes in clouds. I love that. You know, you could go and take photographs of clouds and, um, you know, draw, draw some faces on that, you know, because isn't that just so um, sort of whimsical and romantic, you know, lying on your back, looking at the clouds, uh, you know, that the abstracted sky and seeing shapes in them. I, I, I love that. Uh, but, but back to my pet peeve about art, it's when you can, if you're working with paints, you can see which kids are picking their nose because they've got a line of stripe red. Oh, <laughs> yay. <laughs> Rank. I need to get back to Adele. Sorry, I didn't even let you answer the question. What's your favourite art lesson from this 100 Ideas, Adele? I'm just trying to think. I don't. I don't. I haven't really thought about my favourite one. I liked the litter bugs. That was good fun. I've done that with. Well, I've done all of these with children in school. Litter bugs is fun. We did Tell that. Tell us about that one. We um, the first time I did that with my class, we'd been to the gallery that I was speaking about earlier, Goldmark Gallery in Uppingham, which is beautiful, and we've been to see an artist's work. He's called Sid Bernard, and he makes artwork from things that he finds on the beach, so yeah. driftwood flippers you know the, the random things you find on a beach and he makes animals and the children it was it was so EYFS friendly it was perfect and we came back and the children brought in junk from home and they made their own animals which are called litter bugs and we took them we've got a forest school area and we took them down there to photographs so the children use the iPads and they posed their litter bugs and took photographs a bit like Sid Bernard had done in his catalogue they were on the beach taking the photos so that, that was a really nice activity the children loved it yeah, um, I love that. Our EYFS pupils uh, do art installations. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, I, I know that it. gallery in Uppingham. It's uh, absolutely stunning and uh, it's very um, uh, beautiful. And the fact that they open the doors to the children, I mean, there's some very expensive paintings and uh, sketches there. I mean, isn't that wonderful? You must, you know, you must have a really good relationship with people in your community to make those things work. Adele, do you take teacher visitors to your school? You know, if I'm a, a struggling uh, new teacher and art isn't my forte, could I come and visit you and get a, a flavour of how you do things there? Be very welcome, Jane. Oh, yeah. I just don't mean me. I just mean, can I open, can I tell like the whole of the teacher community to rock up? I mean, I'm already going to descend on your school with paintbrushes. <laughs> oh, Mache. Yeah. They're very happy visitors. Yeah, great. And is there any other school? I know yours is great, but is there any other schools that you know about that have really impressed you on your travels or you 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 look at their work and you go, yes, children are able to own it, make it their own, put their stamp on it. You can see they've been nurtured and guided with a wireframe, but it's just stunning some of the stuff that is happening in yeah. that school. I was very lucky. Um I don't know if it was last year or the year before, but I travelled up to Gomosal Primary, which is where Mandy Barrett is based. I think anybody who um, enjoys art follows Mandy on Twitter and follows Gomosal Primary. They, she's got a fabulous blog that's really useful and helpful to teachers. And I travelled up there with a good friend of mine called Kerry, who you might know on social media. She's a teacher glitter and she shares fabulous creative ideas as well. And we went on a road trip together. Well, road trip, we went on a train trip together um, up to visit Maddie and the art environment there is just amazing. She's got a beautiful art room and she just does such amazing projects for children. So if anybody gets a chance to visit Gomasol, um, 
just go. Just yeah, go. yeah. She's a- and do you, really Adele, is- do consultancy for other schools? Can you help schools who need you? I do. I deliver staff meetings at other schools and I, I mean, I'm only in my school three days a week. So on the other two days I do work uh, as a consultant and go into other schools. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So how do people uh, find you if they want, if they want to reach out? Uh, I'm very active on Twitter, as you know. Um, Alice X, is dark. X. X, X. Yeah. Twitter. X. We're going with Twitter, Adele. You're in the, you were in the right. <laughs> So I'm what am I at Mrs underscore Dahl on there. I'm Mrs Darlington's World on Instagram. Um, my email is Adele at Mrs Darlington.co.uk, which is very easy to remember, isn't it? So yeah, yeah, I just would love help. Love help yeah. in other schools. Great. Mm. Oh, love that. I think there'll be a lot of schools who realise they've um, sold art down the road. I'm just going to finish with one of your quotes, Adele. Um, and uh, I don't know if this is a bit of a dig at me, actually, because a lot of my work is trying to improve spelling around this country. But this is your quote. We must give art a regular slot in the school time table and it must not replace, be replaced with extra spellings or timetables. <laughs> but I think that's important because actually um, English and maths can take over, can't it, if we're not careful? Can I just show you before I go that I've got some of my favourite books that I like to share that are to do with art? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. The answer's always yes for sharing books. But can we put just a limit on it, to please? Say which books they are. <laughs> four. I've got four. Do it. It's so rapid. Right. Well, the first one, I think Heather likes this one too. Yeah. The Artist. Yeah. That one you snap. Fabulous. I was, I met Edvir this year. I felt like I'd met like. Hollywood film star because I'm such an Ed Veer fan but he was very lovely and the book is amazing I've also got this one Colour and Me do you know that yeah. one Grateful Reception this one Luna Loves Art yeah I love Luna Loves Art great series yeah set in a gallery and a new one that I've got this weekend which is a great Ooh. picture of older children as well as one is called The Artivist and it talks about how art can be used to sort of provoke um, or to to start conversations and and help change the world. So that's fabulous. The Artifice, that's by Nicholas Smith. It's lovely. Fantastic. I've not seen that one. I shall check it out. Well, Adele, you've been adorable. Uh, thank you for all your insight into making art uh, meaningful for children. I love your book recommendations and actually really importantly that uh, the process of art, we don't necessarily need an outcome for the wall. Uh, it doesn't always have to be wall worthy. And you're just, you know, your connections with the community that you're doing to bring art to life uh i think these are all good principles that our listeners can adopt as they're shaping up their art curriculums yeah fantastic thank you so much adele and uh i think we are very lucky that we've got some extra copies of this book aren't we jane so yep. um, we'll be doing some competitions for our listeners so they can uh, get themselves uh, nose deep in some of these amazing ideas as well so to win your own copy of 100 Ideas for Primary Teachers in Art, can you complete the sentence, art matters because dot, 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 and we'll choose like our favourite and we'll send them a prize. 
where they can send it to Reading Rocks, Instagram, Jane Considine, Instagram. We might get a podcast email soon, but not yet. No, calm down slowly. <laughs> One thing at a time. <laughs> <laughs> just tag us in, just tag us in. Great. Thank you, Adele. Thank you for being our very first guest. You were wonderful. You were amazing. She'll let you um, go back to your soiree now and enjoy some more nibbles. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Oh, God, I want to go to a soiree now and have a a and t I thought you were going to say something like, oh, I want to get the paper mache out now, not the gin. <laughs> oh, no way. Yeah, sod that. I'm not doing that. Um, yeah, actually, do you know what? I don't mind teaching art. Do you know what? I hate teaching music. It's because I'm not very good at it. Yeah, Tombra. Oh. I ain't got a bloody clue. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Let's I'm pretty move sure on. we've got a final section to do. Yeah, we have. Um, this was your gorgeous idea. Uh, the wonder. I think it was yours. I'm going to let it? you have the glory for this one. This was oh. a wow idea, wasn't it? The wonder of words. The wonder of words. You know, uh, making language prized and precious possessions. And um, we, we sort of given each other a bit of a kind of a benchmark of has there been some words that have really kind of struck a chord or resonated? Uh, what have you found on your travels? And uh, I just wanted to, uh, well, I'm going to let you go first, Heather. Uh, has there been I'm, something that has caught your eye in terms of language this week? Well, it's not out this week, but this 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 is for, I'm holding up a book and I'm going to tell you what it is, if I can find the camera. No, the other way. There we go. Oh, yeah. Uh, Scandor and the Unicorn Thief, which some people will be familiar with by A.F. Steadman. But this um, prologue is an absolute masterclass in grabbing your readership audience straight away. So if, if I'm allowed, I'm just going to read a tiny, tiny section Do and it. get you hooked. But I also think it's an amazing model for writing. As a teacher, you read it and you go, oh, I could give, we could do this, we could do this. Children could create their own versions. Um, so I don't know how you feel about unicorns, Jane. Uh, maybe, but get those pink fluffy ones out of your mind and okay. get ready for some bloodthirsty ones. So this is the prologue from the first in the series, Scanner and the Unicorn Thief. The cameraman heard the unicorns before he saw them. High-pitched screeching, murderous growls, the gnashing of bloody teeth. The cameraman smelled the unicorns before he saw them. Rancid breath, rotting flesh, the stench of immortal death. The cameraman felt the unicorns before he saw them too. Somewhere deep in his bones, their putrid hooves thundered and the panic began to rise until every nerve, every cell told him to run. But he had a job to do. Oh, wow. That's good, isn't it? So good. I mean, I'm good at reading it out as well. Come on. It's one of my favourite things to do. 
but yeah. it's so good. That's a gift to read out. Yeah, that is just sort of drenched in negativity, all that repetition for effect, all that emphasis. Oh, love yes. it. Yeah, on the edge. Come of on then. So mine, I suppose, is going a little, I didn't realise at first, but it's going a bit full circle and it's kind of going back to the garden that we started with. And um, often uh, when I'm working with, you know, in classes, uh, helping kids be good at reading, um, I talk about, you know, do we know more than the central character? Do we know the same as the central character? Or do we know less than the central character? And this is a little extract from The Boy Who Grew Dragons by Andy Shepherd, And it's just a really small moment, but it's just so tender and real. And Grandad and the boy know something that we don't know yet. It's been withheld from us. Um, but it's it's kind of... It kind of does nothing, my extract. It's not like yours. It's so small, but I just want to share this. Uh, and this it begins with uh, Grandad uh, talking. I've been wanting to get stuck into this since we moved in, Grandad told me, pausing to catch his breath, but with one thing and another. I just don't seem to have found the time. I stopped digging and scraped my spade across a clod of mud. I know you have no idea what he was talking about, but I did. I knew exactly what he meant by one thing or another. Sorry, I muttered, because I really was. And oh, it's just so, it doesn't, it's, it's so opposing to yours. It's just like, it's a nothing. It's a conversation. It's like, uh, I'm sorry, Grandad. It's my fault that we haven't been able to sort this garden out. But we don't even know what that something is. Oh, I love it. Yeah, but both power, powerful in their devices in engaging the reader. That's what the richness of books is about, isn't it? There are so many ways that you can be drawn in and entranced by the story. Oh, Jane, it's been such a great time. I think we did okay for our first podcast, do you? I, I think we've done more than okay. You are an absolute joy to work with, Heather. I've absolutely loved it. Please hit us up, everybody out there. Uh, tell us about why art matters. Uh, tell us about the biggest lesson derailers. Just talk to us because we want to hear you. And if you get a voice note to us, then uh, we, we'll uh, share them next week. Uh, thank you, Heather. Oh, thanks, Jane. Shall we say goodbye to everyone? Yeah. So it's uh, Heartburst. From Jane. And big love. From Heather. See you next week. See you next week.